In the Word on the Go is brought to you by New Growth Press, the publisher helping every person grow closer to Christ. Before we get started today, I want to take a moment to introduce you to a brand new book called Radically Different. This 13-week study aims to help middle schoolers and young teens view life and especially relationships from a Christian worldview. Each week explores new relationships through the lenses of creation, fall, and redemption. Find your next read to encourage you in your faith and learn more about new releases at newgrowthpress.com. This is In the Word, On the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's Word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word, On the Go. I'm your host, Champ Thornton. Whether you're listening by yourself or with a family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today I'm welcoming back Timothy Paul Jones. Dr. Jones is Associate Vice President at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. He also teaches there in the areas of family ministry and applied apologetics. In addition, he pastors at Sojourn Community Church there in Louisville. Before coming to Southern, he pastored in Missouri and Oklahoma, and he's also authored or edited more than a dozen books, including, most recently, The God Who Goes Before You. It's a great book on leadership. He's also written Perspectives on Family Ministry and Church History Made Easy. Timothy, welcome back to In the Word on the Go. It's great to be with you again. So I'm looking forward to the verse you have for us today. What do you have? Well, it's Genesis chapter 40 and verse 7, and I'll read from verse 6 just to give a little bit of an idea of the context of what's happening in this particular verse. Here's what it says. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they looked distraught. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were in custody with him in his master's house, why do you look so sad today? So I can assure you, no one has picked this verse yet on the podcast, so you're safe. So I want to know why you picked this verse. How has the Lord used this verse in your life? Well, this is just something that God convicted me of over the past several weeks. And so I pulled this one out for, this is from the text I'm reading through Genesis right now, both on my own personal Bible reading, as well as with our youngest daughter. And this is a text that I was reading along, just trying to really closely and meditatively read this text. And I realized something in this text that I'd never caught before. And I've preached this text. I've taught it, but I caught something that I'd never caught before. And here's what it was. Joseph's path to the place God had for him as the second in command of Egypt, being free from prison, being freed from slavery, all those things like that. Joseph's path to that began when he asked those who are around him that came in, people that he he didn't even really know, <laughs> that he saw them come in and he saw that they were sad. And he said, why do you look so sad today? And here's what God convicted me of. It is so easy to get caught up in our own agendas and our own goals and thinking of, I've got to get this done. I have to get this. I have to get to this. That we don't ask questions about other people's stories around us. Hmm. We don't ask, why are you feeling so sad? Why do you look so 
sad today. We, we don't even pay attention often to the people around us because we are so wrapped up in our own agendas and our own directions of things that we think absolutely have to be done. And think about this. Joseph, of all people, he could have been at thinking about his own agenda because right. he was doing what, what he was supposed to be doing. He ends up in a pit. Then he ends up from a pit going to being sold into slavery. Then he goes to Potiphar's house. And then he is uh, getting to prison because he is falsely accused of all people to be moping around saying, I've got to get out of here, whatever it takes. It ought to be Joseph. And yet when he sees two men who are sad walking in and he looks at them, he asks them, why do you look so sad today? He asks them, what's your story? Hmm. And, And what brought you to this place? He cared about those people. And God convicted me at that moment and said, you are not that way. You often will burrow through things and go headlong through things and not be paying attention sufficiently to the people around you and to be able to pause and ask them, what's your story? That is an amazing insight from this particular verse. I want to read it again because it may be unfamiliar. In fact, the whole context may be unfamiliar. You alluded to some of the elements in this story. Could you just go back and give us kind of the movie trailer version leading up to this particular verse? What's what's led us to this point? So what's happened here is that Joseph has been falsely accused of something. He's been falsely accused thrown into prison, and as he is in there in prison, not knowing what God's going to do, not knowing what God's plan is or anything like that, the king of Egypt's cupbearer and baker, so the Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker, somehow offend their master. We don't know how that is. We don't know if the baker burnt something and the cupbearer mixed something (laughs) wrong. We don't know what happened, but somehow they offended their king. They offended the Pharaoh and he was angry with them. So he throws them into prison and they come into prison. And as they're in prison, they have each had a dream and they are looking distraught and sad because of the dream that they have had. And when Joseph sees these men distraught and sad, he asks them, why are you so sad today? What's going on with you? And the opportunity that arises from this is the one that leads to Joseph being freed from prison eventually because he interprets their dreams and one of them goes and they actually forget about him at first. The one that survives, it forgets about him at first. But then later when Pharaoh has a dream, he says, whoa, wait a minute. There was a young man back in prison who interpreted my dream. He asked me why I was sad, why I was distraught. He interpreted my dream. I'll bet he can interpret your dream as well, Pharaoh. And that is the path that leads to Joseph's salvation from prison. And before we get to Pharaoh's palace, we are finding Joseph in prison and he's cleaning their feet, attending to them. We don't know what he's doing, but he's serving them. And instead of being focused on himself, like you said, he's observing how they're doing. And so here's our verse. It's Genesis chapter 40, verse 7. I'm reading out of the Christian Standard Bible. It says, So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were in custody with him in his master's house, Why do you look so sad today? Wow, that's a really thought-provoking question, given the situation that you've brought to our attention of where Joseph is. So what would you say this verse teaches us about God? Well, I think what it teaches us about the nature of God is, first off, how he works through even the tiny things. Hmm. <laughs> he works through the little things. This this little detail here that he has chosen by his Holy Spirit to inspire to be preserved in his word, this tiny detail becomes something that God works through eventually. Think about this. 
not only to bring Joseph's salvation from prison, but to bring about the preservation of the Egyptians, but not even just the preservation of the Egyptians. All of this unfolds in such a way that it is the means that God chooses to save the family of Israel so that he may bring the Messiah into the world. Think about that for a moment, that Joseph asks this question, and it's what opens the door for all the things to happen, because later his father Jacob comes and his people are saved uh, from the famine by means of what happens with Joseph. Joseph being second in charge in Egypt, and that is the means that God chooses to use to preserve the family line by which Jesus himself will come into the world. Because, of course, it is a son of Jacob, Judah, through whom Jesus comes into the world through the line of David. Think about how God worked through something so tiny, seemingly so insignificant, Mm. in which Joseph says, why are you sad today? And this begins something by God's providence and God's work by which the Messiah himself, his line is preserved and he is brought into the world. So how should that affect the way we go about our days and we're looking for the next right thing to do, the next loving thing to do? How should we be thinking about what God puts in front of us? Well, I think what it reminds me anyway to do is to see every encounter with another person as something that is pregnant with possibilities, we might say, Hmm. where when I encounter somebody, not to see that as just a throwaway event or something, I've just got to get through this so that I can get on to the next thing I have planned, Hmm. but to think about each person I encounter and to think about the way I treat them could be that one tiny opportunity that opens the door for God to do something great, just as Joseph had no clue how his question would eventually result in his freedom from prison and the preservation of his people. Joseph had no clue about any of that. I have no clue of how the way I treat somebody, what I say to them, could be something God uses to do something that is greater than I ever imagined. Have you found that there is a good question that you can use in a lot of situations that express and show interest in another person? Well, I think there's a lot of ways we can do that. One of them is uh, if somebody's working a job, simply to ask them, um, what brought you to this particular job? And they may, that lets you know so much about them because hmm. they're going to let you know, do they hate that job? Do they not want to be <laughs> in that job? They're going to let you know so many things about themselves in that. If they're sitting at a coffee shop reading to say something about, what, why did you choose that book? What made you choose that particular book? Hmm. Look about something about them and that is is something that isn't calling them out or isn't embarrassing them, but something about them that you can ask about that lets them reveal a part of their story. I love it. Well, Dr. Jones, it's been great having you on the podcast again. Would you take a moment and pray this verse for our listeners today? Our God, we are so self-centered. We love ourselves and our own stories so much that we sometimes fail to listen to the stories of others. Forgive us of that and remind us by helping us to remember the example of Jesus who over and over entered into the stories of others and ultimately entered into the brokenness of our story and through his sacrifice redeemed it. God, show us that, that we may imitate his example by entering into the stories of others with your love and your grace. Amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word on the Go. 
This episode is brought to you by New Growth Press, which aims to bring gospel-centered resources to every church and home. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.